Welcome in to Funky Friday Sports Talk. Finishing out a fantastic week, helping you get into your weekend. And it's been a good week, and there is a lot to get to today with bas- basketball talk and football talk and baseball talk. We'll just try to do as much as we can. Fridays, as always, mean the Illini Notebook with Brian Barnhart. He's coming in here shortly before the Illini basketball team heads to Madison, Wisconsin. They're going to fly to Madison. First class. Like a bird. They get there a lot quicker when mm-hmm. they fly. And they will get ready for a 2 p.m. tip-off tomorrow. I can't remember that. Noon, pregame tomorrow. Noon. And then 2 p.m. tomorrow, Illinois at the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm going to sweep a season series. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got uh, some audio to hear from Brad Underwood, a little bit from Shauna Green. Women played last night. They lost to Purdue. We can get into that. Um, baseball also having some availability as college baseball season, believe it or not, starts in a few weeks, three to be precise. So we uh, we can go in any number of directions. <laughs> and we talked to another quarterback. Yesterday we talked to an Illinois quarterback. Mm-hmm. Today we talked to another one. Probably the backup. Maybe not. But probably. Maybe. Most likely. Could be. Good dude. Good dude. Legacy guy, John Paddock. So I want to bring you all those things. I'm on the uh, – but I'm in a – just a bit of a conundrum before we go into it. I, I don't know if it's stage of life because my birthday's this weekend. Right. What do you, What do you want to do on your birthday? Nothing. Really? Yeah. By yourself? Nothing or like? Well, see, the the thing is, I got a, a very nice birthday. Typically falls on the first weekend of March Madness. Oh yeah. So so my ideal birthday would be sitting in front of three screens, just watching basketball all day. Just leave me alone and let me watch basketball. Not I mean like not with like close people in your I'm, life? I mean, if people want to hang out, that that's fine, but I watch games different than most people do, so I don't know if I, I'd be all that great to watch the games with. Yeah, Matt Daniels would vouch for that because you watch games with audible noises. Yeah, yeah. I talk to the TV because it hears me. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't, you know, when you get in a, is it a stage of life thing? Because I'm like, you know, my wife's like, what do you want? And, you know, I, we did a little bit more when I turned 40. Because that was, you know, big milestone, multiple of ten, right? So, we, what do you want to do? I don't know. Go out to dinner, okay? You know, like I want to, want to. That sounds fine. You know, like we we could play games with some friends. Yeah, that's a, we, we could do that. You know, you, you want to you want to pick people over? I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> like we go to the game, go to a game. You know, like the women are mm-hmm. playing on Sunday. Sunday's my birthday. We can go go watch that. We could, you know, go play trivia. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Which just none of this sounds very captivating. Well, I think it's all possible, <laughs> but just none of us like you know. Do we do? I don't. I just don't know what to do. Mm. It's, it just doesn't feel like. It's, it depends on on your take on, on a birthday itself. If you, if you want to make it a, a big deal, then yeah, you should probably find something to do. Or you I, know, I feel like you, a lot of people should make it a big deal. Not for them, for me. No, right. But I don't want to, you know, I feel like, oh, I don't know, I guess. We could do, I don't know, you know. Do I, have to, <laughs> do I have to organize all this? Do I have to put this together? Because um, there's a lot of things that would be interesting, but I, I feel pressure to make it the perfect whatever. Ex- see, that, and that's also where I'm getting at, not to, because uh, I'm not typically like a negative person, but you don't want to build up expectations for it to be this grand day and then, you know, it's just a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, which could be really nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I get out of chores. That's 
that's maybe the best part of it. Like, maybe ask for some to, coupons. I don't have to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah I, we are in the stage of life now where the kids start giving you coupons for you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Hey, I'll do that. But yeah, I don't have to do chores. And if I get the, my favorite <laughs> breakfast or you know my favorite dessert, yeah, it's a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Pretty good day. So I don't know. I just just looking for more positives, basically. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Just good day. But I just it's interesting that for you, you know, not that you're that much younger than me, but you know, you haven't hit all those milestones yet. And but you're like, yeah, I just want to watch basketball. Yeah, Leave it's me al- alone. It's always kind of. Been that way, yeah. I mean, my birthday doesn't move, and and since I can remember, I mean, it's just been built around the tourney. So okay, that's what so I look what if um, what if a bunch of your friends or family or whoever like surprise, and now there's like thirty people, and you're <laughs> oh. like, what are you doing here? I oh. wanted to watch basketball. Oh, we we've had that happen before. My 18th birthday was a, a surprise party. I was not prepared for, and, and that was quite the treat. But uh, no, I mean, most most of the time. I'm okay with just having a day. Okay. But I'm saying you're not... Some people are like, why did you do this? This I, No, I, I'd appreciate the effort. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to poo-poo it. Okay. All right. So, anybody listening, Scott would be welcome to a surprise party. No, I'm not asking for a <laughs> surprise party because... <laughs> But but if it was a surprise party, don't waste a good surprise on somebody else. That's all oh, we're saying. you shouldn't have. <laughs> if you want to weigh in and surprise us with anything, Castle Heating and Cooling text line is two one seven three five one five three five seven. Let's start with the not so good and uh, get it out of the way. It's it was women's basketball last mm. night. They lost to Purdue. Um, where did the box score go? I, it was a 10-point loss. Mm-hmm. And they really – 10 points doesn't seem like much, but they never really could get much closer except for a brief moment in the in the second half. They shot abysmally poor, especially for how well they shot all year long. Shauna Green on the loss last night to Purdue. Um, not not our best night, as, as you guys witnessed. Um, you know, offensively, we, we really struggled. Um, defensively, we struggled, um, and it was just an overall not great night for us. But uh, give Purdue credit. Um, you know, they kept us – they got us out of rhythm offensively early uh, with switching up man and zone, and you know, which a lot of people have done. Uh, but we just could never get really any momentum going tonight at all um, on either end of the floor. And then we did. We still cut it to five, um, but couldn't make plays when we had to. And again, you know, when when it's a little bit different now when teams come in here and, and you know, we're the, the hunted now, you know, we see we have that number, uh, at least for right now, by your name. Um, and people come in here and, and really want to beat us. And if you we don't show up energized and ready to play, anyone in this league can beat you. And that's what we have to come to that. You know, uh, we have to understand that. And we got to show up every night with consistency and effort, energy, and focus. And we did not have that tonight. Yeah, they really didn't. I would say there was two bad games for Illinois this year. One was a non-con loss to Delaware. Uh, on their, Early on. Yeah, in November. And it was a close game, but they just didn't play well. And And this one last night. The other losses that that have come their way have either been hard fought, mm-hmm. just came up short, or or you know Indiana just Top was ten was way superior. Teams. Yeah, was just way superior. And what are you going to do? Tip your cap. Last night just was a was not a good performance, and 
that should be said in context of where this program is because that was just par for the course before. And so Shauna Green was upset last night. She was mad, and she should be. <laughs> but um, just recognize that the program's in a place now where when you have a performance like that, that's a disappointing below expectations night. Expectations cha- changes the, the perception of, of all of it and going back to the, the – sh- or it's just – I mean, these are these nights happen in all sports and college sports. And if the shots aren't falling, you've got to execute on the defensive end. And if you're not doing either of those, then it's really hard to to win games, even if you are a double digit home favorite. So, like you said, probably the the first time they've done this in in about three months, first time they've done this on their home floor. And and it is much different now that they've been ranked for a a couple of weeks and and you've got a a former Illini coming into town and and these games just have a a different view of them. So uh, take it on the chin. Hopefully you you find some shots and you find a a little more consistency on the the defensive end. When you come back home on Monday or on Sunday, good to have back-to-back home games and and get back into that thing. But the shooting's a, a bit of a trend over the last couple of weeks, but you, you'd like the sample size over the first couple of months to to be more of the average, and hopefully they get back to that. And as for the defensive end, they were first forcing turnovers, it, it sounded like, last night. But you, you got to be able to, to execute in between there and just gave up too many points. The three-point shooting last night was 4 of 26. Mm. 4 of 26. And you don't expect 1 of 7 from Genesis Bryant and 1 of 8 from Makaira Cook. Shauna Green attributes it, at least in part, to not running good offense mm-hmm. and then just kind of jacking up shots, mm-hmm. as she said. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and that's what's happened because they are good shooters. And the sample size was big enough before that, but um, the consistency in executing offense hasn't been there, and, and, and a bad shooting night came over that. It's, it, it was still, still, they held Purdue to 62 points, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, st- super stingy, but that's. That's good. That that and the tape is out on everybody now, and we, we yep. talk about how it's a, a very small depth chart. And, and I mean, Genesis Bryant is still making shots. She she's still dealing, but she was coming off the bench early on in the year, shifted into a starter, and it's and then now it's like okay, Genesis Bryant is a player, so we're gonna we're gonna be scouting her, and we've known about Cook all year long, and, and when you don't have a whole lot of depth down low, I, I mean, now you're yeah, you're just kind of running low on, on players, so. Just chalk it up, yeah. Chalk it up to a, a bad night. Still sitting good as far as the Big Ten. It's not a bad loss. It's tough to to lose on your home floor, but Purdue's playing pretty well. It's good for them, it, probably as far as a, a resume kind of win and helping out the Big Ten as a whole when March will get here. But uh, back back to practice and getting ready for Sunday. Yeah, and you got to get the ball in Kendall hand, Kendall Bostick's hands. She had, That's what happens when you don't run offense and it sticks into guards' hands. How does the big, big or the post player get the ball? Yeah, was she in foul trouble last night? No, in fact, she had zero fouls. She played thirty-six plus minutes and had four shots. Oof. She went two of four. She shot fifty percent from the floor <laughs> last night. That's really good. Might want to get her the ball more. <laughs> Still ended up with double-digit rebounds too. Yeah, I understand the guards are the playmakers, and but you know, but but. That just shows you're not getting it down low at mm-hmm. all. And uh, you know what? And Kendall Bostic, by the way, was out there for postgame. Hmm. You know, they got they took it on the chin, and she was right there facing the media music. So, um, you know, she's she is a team leader uh, for sure. Uh, 
So anyway, yeah, Michigan State, Sunday, my birthday, 5 p.m. against the Spartans, uh, National Girls and Women's and Sports Day celebration. They're going to do some honored jerseys as well That's right. for the women on Sunday, and uh, hopefully they get things back on track. How about the men? Uh, Ohio State was good, defensive effort, and then Jaden Epps made his first start. Brad Underwood talked about that. Yeah, it's a different look. You know, he gives he gives opponents a different look because he's a guy that you know finds ten to twelve shots. You know, you've got to be very conscientious of where he's at. He missed some looks, but uh, that he normally makes. But you know, he's he's a guy that's going to be capable of being a big big scorer in his in his Illinois career. And um, you know, so you know, he's he's a guy that you know creates space. He's a guy that can beat you off the bounce and get in the paint and love what he's doing. And Underwood was asked, then, what does that mean for the bench now and how they can impact the game? Yeah, it's not as much, I think, as how that changes. Um, you know, the minute distribution is pretty much the same. Uh, I think it's more about just the opponent's game planning and, uh, you know, where they were uh, maybe not guarding Buck as close and it was it was uh, shrinking the floor a little bit for some others. Now it, it opens that floor up for, for Terrence, for Dane. Um, you know, I like Buck coming in when we got the smaller lineup in. I like playing him more in our five-out group. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, just a minor tweak, and we'll see if we can create a little more space for for not just uh, Jaden, but for others as well. Buck being sincere, mm-hmm. Harris. I like that. I don't know the meaning behind it. I don't either, but somehow I just you just know it fits. Mm-hmm. That there's a guy that's nicknamed Buck. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, 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 no no secret that Sincere Harris was not a huge offensive threat. And so everybody could compensate accordingly on a defensive game plan. And, and Jay Nepps, like you said, was already playing 30 minutes a, a game. And, you know, starters, to, does it matter, does it not matter? Getting off to a, a good start and being able to bring in Sincere Harris uh, will, will help and everybody will basically play the same minutes. Yep. All right, that'll lead us to uh, the Brian Barnhart's Illini Notebook. He's coming in. We'll talk about Illinois hoops from uh, Ohio State to Wisconsin tomorrow and more. Stay with us here on Funky Friday Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. It is Friday, last one in January. It's Funky Friday as well here on Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn rolling along with you. Ryan Barnhart about to head to Willard Airport in Savoy where the Illinois basketball team will jet up to Madison. Calling your name, Brian. Yes. We'll get into it. I'm sure that uh, for a long time it was kind of a sense of dread when you were headed to Madison with the basketball mm-hmm. team. It's not the case anymore. Well, not lately. No, the last couple of years, Illinois figured out how to win there. And uh, it's a tough place to win. I, they're in their 25th year of that building. I think they've lost less than 70 times, something like that. And Illinois has a handful of those, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a hard place to win. It's a beautiful building. And the Badgers have just been so consistently good that they just don't lose there very often. Mm-hmm. But this year they're struggling. I either Even with Tyler Wallback, they just haven't been that good yet, and hopefully they won't stay very good for another couple of days. <laughs> so. Injury bugs hit them hard, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to Tuesday night, Illinois beats Ohio State on the men's side. And uh, when Illinois – first of all, there's been a lack of close games. So when they've won, they've really won. 
for the most part. And when they've mm-hmm. lost, kind of lost. <laughs> yeah, the games not, have been yeah not close. And, and, and you know, Michael Tulip said this week when when Illinois is on, they're just really tough to beat. Mm-hmm. And then when they're not clicking. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to have success. Sounds familiar yeah. in the Big Ten, doesn't yeah, it? With yeah. a lot of teams, you you think you got them figured out, and then they go the other way. I, it's interesting how the teams developed over time because you know Sky was in there for a lot of the games early, and then uh, you know, Sincere Harris slid into the starting lineup, and then the last game they tweaked it again with Jaden Epps, which I think gives them a little more consistent offense overall. Uh, sincere obviously when they press he's really excellent at that and is a very good defender so yeah just different how they've developed it and now they probably have it set where they want it and then if luke goody were to come along then you got to work him in somewhere too so Mm -hmm. that so that's going to be interesting but yeah they've been they're as talented as anybody in the big 10 i mean just at different wing spots and we saw that in the win over texas and ucla how good those teams are and and yet their consistency on offense has just been kind of a problem. I mean, just to be consistently good. You know, where Purdue, when they play, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be easy. You got guys that can shoot it outside. You know, the one game they've lost, they lost by a last second bucket. I mean, it's they're more consistent. We've been, you know, if Meyer's on, we're really, really good. If he's not, then somebody else has to score, and Shannon can only do so much. And, you know, Danger needs to be on the floor as many minutes as you can get from him. And so I think switching the offenses during the course of the year obviously has set them back a little bit just because they had to get used to running another offense. I think they're getting more crisp at it as they go. Mm-hmm. But still the inconsistency of the three-point shot and then the free-throw shooting, they just, you know, were good the other night, but they just haven't been consistent enough at 60-whatever, 7%, I think 67, 68 um, that's where you lose a lot of points if you're missing eight or ten free throws a game. Well, to your point, on Tuesday night, the defense was so good against mm-hmm. Ohio State, and the offense was okay, better than okay, but not yeah. great. Yeah. And they had that game in pretty well in hand in the second half. I mean, imagine if the offense was clicking. Mm-hmm. That's a complete blowout. Yeah, and and Purdue's women probably would say the same thing. Because <laughs> they, you know, they, were, they weren't great last night, but Illinois was so cold, the women – that it just didn't uh, didn't go well for them, but yeah. And Brad told him has told him a couple of times this year in recent games. You know, this game's going to come down to who wants it more, who plays harder. I mean, the offense can be there, but if you defend and you rebound, you're going to win the game. And that's what it, a lot of these Big Ten games just seem to come down to. And yeah, statistically, that, and I think that's why we're seeing such the the widespread is because mm-hmm. when it's on on defense things start to, to click a little bit. You, you hit some free throws on offense and things are feeling good. Things aren't going well on defense against Indiana. Then it's carrying over to the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Same with, with Northwestern. And, and, and it's not just a story for Illinois, like we're saying. It's it's all of the Big Ten mm-hmm. looking for that, that consistency. And, and I think a, a lot of them are, are going through similar growing pains. Saw it with Ohio State mm-hmm. earlier this week. Going to see it again on Saturday with a, a team in Wisconsin. And that's why all these teams are 13-7 and seven or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, they're all about the same. Mm-hmm. It's very similar uh, in that regard. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put a finger on what you're going to get game to game. But I think if you consistently rebound and you consistently defend on a regular basis, the offense can you know if you get transition points, mm-hmm. that was a key stat, sixteen to one, the other night against Ohio State. If you can score some easy baskets without having to rely totally on your offense, then you know you can win a lot of games. Yep, that's that's what generates it. Mm-hmm. Coleman Hawkins. 
uh, he, he continues to have impact on the game at so many levels, and he's he's not the leading scorer type of guy. He's not. Maybe he could be, uh, but that seems to be other people's roles. And it, it but you know, you're, it's, he's like a ten-seven-seven guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> night in, night out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every every night he's a triple-double threat for sure. With what he does and the blocking of the shots, and I mean, we got three guys with over, I think it's over twenty-five blocks yeah. on this team. So he's he's a big part of that. And they with this new offense, they're not they don't have to rely on him as much. I mean, he was the trigger of the five out offense, but he still, if you look, he he and Shannon, I think, have the most assists of anybody on the team. So he gives you a lot of assists. He blocks shots. He scores points. He gets rebounds. Uh, he just does a lot that it's easy to take it for granted. Well, one of the things that's cool about, especially in this transfer era, I'm seeing guys come in and out. Now you see Coleman Hawk. You remember him as with a lot of talent, but kind of immature. Mm. I'm talking basketball wise. Yeah. And and now you see a mature guy out there on the floor, mm-hmm. and, it, and yeah. it's fun to see how they. Oh yeah, guys get better. Yeah. Things happen, in, and that's especially in college. I think we're going to lose over time with a transfer portal. Is just guys developing start to finish yeah you know it's, if it's easy to transfer i mean who knows it's easy to say now because he's scoring a lot of points but brandon pajimski all the points he's scoring at santa clara now maybe he wouldn't have scored that much here but if he'd have stayed and had another year a year or two would he have been that kind of player for us that he is for santa clara now we don't know yeah because he, he didn't stay mm-hmm. you know and what happens with you know we adam miller what what's going on with him at lsu well We'll never know, you know, how good he could have been at Illinois had he stayed. So, yeah, that's the the sad part for me with college athletics is I think we're losing some of that. Watching the young men, Darren Williams, when he was a freshman, was good, but he wasn't the Darren Williams of two years later. You know, he was unbelievable by the time he was a junior, but he was a good player. Reminded me, Jaden Epps reminds me a lot of him as a freshman. Just really quiet, consistent you know, didn't blow you out of the water with 20 points a game, but, you know, scored eight or 10 a game and, you know, just played real solid. And that's, you know, that's what's fun to see with Jaden. Hopefully he'll be around. Hopefully Sincere will be uh, going forward. And Ty Rogers, what he's done in just the span of, you know, from October till now has been pretty remarkable. And so if they can take that kind of leap as all three of them next year, then you really got something. Well, and I, I think that's. In- you, you look around the Big Ten, I mean, Wisconsin, we're about to face a lot of the same guys we faced for, for many years. We saw mm-hmm. it with Penn State, really with, with everybody. That's kind of more of a, an Illinois problem when it comes to the, the Big Ten as far as that goes. But they, it, it seems like they've finally figured out those spots. And, you know, R.J. Melendez stuck around. Luke mm-hmm. Goody should still be here. And, and you like that core mm-hmm. of freshmen that, that they've got there. That maybe maybe Illinois does get, get back to that point, but it's just a lot of unfamiliarity at, at this point this year. Yeah, and you've got, if you're Kentucky, you know, you're doing the one-and-dones all the time. Well, I mean, how successful have they been in the tournament? Well, okay. I mean, they get you know they get there and they're dangerous, but um, you just tend to lose something with guys just constantly turning over. So if you're a basketball coach, how do you build a program where you can compete at the highest level? So you want to get as many talented players as you can, but how do you not over recruit those? I guess and wind up having to change all the time. But the transfer portal is forcing some of that anyway. So it's yeah. it's kind of hard. I, I was told that I didn't 
cross-check this, but I was told Michigan last year had three McDonald's All-Americans on their roster, mm-hmm. and it was kind of okay. Yeah, you know, because we were talking yesterday about the Wisconsin's of the world, and now what Purdue has become—that mm-hmm. the Purdue is not necessarily uh, chasing Matt Painter's not necessarily chasing those All-Americans, those are McDonald's mm-hmm. stars, but he's getting his guys, yeah. and Wisconsin's historically done that. Uh, you 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 got to have talent, no doubt. But stop chasing just the stars and just the rankings, and go after what I think is going to work for me mm-hmm. and how I coach and the system I want to run. We'll see if it continues for Matt Painter because he's not going to have Edie forever, <laughs> you know. So what does that do? Do they just recruit find another another big man, another <laughs> seven foot something guy to? They will run things. They always but the, do, but they do have a system. But Wisconsin is really struggling right now. They. Yeah. You know, they haven't used that route very much. They've got the one kid, I think, from Wofford, Klesman, uh, who came in. But, you know, right now they're – they just – you watch them play and they're just right now not very good, yeah. you know, when you see them. So you, you always talk about it's not who you play but when you play them. Right. <laughs> so sometimes you go play a wounded dog like tomorrow mm-hmm. and, and, and they're going to play like their hair's on fire and beat you just because they need it. Right. Well, they'll be desperate. <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt. And, you know, they just – the question will be is we didn't – we played, what, on Tuesday? We played one game in the last – well, since the Indiana game, one game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one game in a week plus. This is their third game of the week. So, you know, how does that play out? Now, Wisconsin plays a slower pace anyway. So maybe <laughs> – They don't need maybe, much maybe, recovery. Maybe, maybe that's a non-factor <laughs> for them. I don't know. But just the it's not even so much the physical as is the prep of mm-hmm. mentally scouting report and going through everything. You spend two days on this team and then you don't get a mental break and then you start in on the next team and all the X and O's and this and they do this and they cut this way and don't let him go to his left and don't let him do that and you do that day after day after day after day. You know, that can be pretty mentally taxing, I would think. And I, I think you, you saw that paid off for the Illini on Tuesday mm-hmm. when getting after it on the rebounds. Not a whole lot of scouting report errors. You know, right. Guys coming off the bench, sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully with this rhythm, like you said, they got a, an extra day compared to, to what they'd been doing the last couple of weeks getting mm-hmm. ready for this game. And, and maybe you can finally start to build on, on what you did Tuesday and find that consistency. Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, uh, and I think Ohio State had played, well, they're in a stretch of four out of five on the road. They yeah. played Indiana, I think, tomorrow or Sunday, whichever day it is. And, you know, that's a tough stretch for them. So we caught them at a pretty good time. Indiana caught us at the right time. <laughs> and you saw the results. And when, and when the teams are pretty evenly matched, those are the factors that come into play, I think, more so than – you know, Purdue's just winning because they got the best guy in the Big Ten and maybe the country in the middle, and they can go from there. I've decided Illinois is one of the best four teams. I think so. In the Big Ten. Yeah. I think Rutgers is up there. Rutgers, Indiana, Illinois, and Purdue. Yeah. Indiana's got the – when they're healthy, they've got the most – you know, among the best talent. But. You say that, and then I start thinking, well, Michigan State's not too bad, and mm-hmm. it's just such a Well, there's a, a lot a of teams like that. Mess, yeah. There's a lot of teams like that aren't too bad. <laughs> yeah. I think what's going to happen, though, is is I think – and I don't know what the number will wind up being, but, you know, at, at some point you've seen the projections from the – bracketology guys saying 10 teams are in well and i've seen nine and i've seen the arrow going down as they everything gets compressed you're going to force some out mm-hmm. just because the record's not good enough yep the net will help you though yeah the net will help 
The segment is the Illini Notebook with Brian Barnhart. Every Friday we do it, and it's brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Baru's, Seven Saints. Uh, probably could transfer some from your last notebook. Second yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Illinois, Illinois won the last one, of course, by 10, which is uh, with Wisconsin, that's a blowout. <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you don't beat them by double figures very often. Uh, Shannon had 24 in that one. Hawkins had 20. Chucky Hepburn had 22 for Wisconsin. I had forgotten about that. Picked on the freshman. Uh, last time at the uh, Cole Center, we didn't go up there last year. So the uh, last time in Madison, February 27th of 21, Illinois won 74-69. I think Wisconsin hit a bunch of Trice, shots. Trice had that. He just went off for like five minutes and was unconscious yeah. and made that a game. It was like a 20-point game in the mm-hmm. second half. Got down to five at the end. Uh, Kofi had 19. Andre Curbelo had 17 and 7. 17.7 rebounds. That was two years ago. And no Io DeSumo in that game. <laughs> so that wasn't was the out. Io uh, assist to that Trent was, Frazier? That was 2020. Oh, that was that year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, so last yeah, time they wore the blue unis, I think. <laughs> so that was that game. That was 2021 uh, without Io. Uh, 2020 was uh, Io DeSumo with one of his famous end of the game mm-hmm. ice in his veins shot. Uh, 2010, uh, McCamey, Dimitri McCamey. Drove to the lane repeatedly, and the Illinois won by hitting their free throws. 2006, the Illini beat them by 15, 66-51 the year after the final four year. And then 05 was the Jack Ingram game where he hit the big shots, ending Wisconsin's 38-game home winning streak. Mm-hmm. I think it's to the day tomorrow. Is it? Uh, I think Mike Is Pearson told me it's, it's the anniversary of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really that was a fantastic game. That's what I mean. That, like, I mean, they were undefeated at that point, but going we were in there and doing yep. that where, where it hadn't been done. That's when you really knew, right? And it was you know the cue the Lord of the Rings meme. You know, one doesn't simply go into the coal center and win, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it was um, that was a memorable game. It was a memorable year, but uh, yeah, that, that one, game but, in particular because everybody with you know, Dick Vitale had said you know, this is a game they're going to get beat. You know, it's going to be the first loss and. And uh, of all people, Jack Ingram you know, yeah. hit two of the biggest shots in the game that was a backbreaker. Uh, you mentioned Dick Vitale, and it made me think, uh, rest in peace, Billy Packer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Associate him with ACC basketball, of mm-hmm. course, but, but, but the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Well, and we played a clip this morning. of uh, It was him and Dick Enberg and Al McGuire doing the Indiana State-Michigan State Championship game. Oh, really? Yeah, Larry Bird and uh, Magic Johnson in that game. And that game is viewed by many as is because it was so watched by so many people was the kind of lit the fire for the postseason tournament and the final four and you know all that happened in the eighties with ESPN showing the tournament and then CBS and you know but it was kind of the it was a mile marker there's no doubt for yeah this is a big deal because Indiana State was undefeated and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and we had beaten Michigan State earlier that year here in Champaign so. It was uh, it was a great ball game and a great broadcast team, and that kind of launched in a lot of people's minds the current era of mm-hmm. how big a deal the college, the NCAA tournament is. Now. Yeah, launched, and then I think it was cemented with North Carolina State and, and Jimmy right. V and, and Jimmy V, and, and then it became like you know into the '90s with the Grant Hill to Leitner shot. Mm-hmm. We had a string of those in the early to mid '80s with Valvano. NC State had no business beating Houston. Houston was easily the best team. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like how bad are they going to beat NC State? NC State shouldn't even been in the tournament. They only got in because they won the ACC tournament that year. 
And there's just the whole magic of that. And they won a bunch of one and two point games in the tournament, game winning shots, and and then they throw you know get that one uh, against Houston. Uh, and then uh, Villanova, who had no business beating Georgetown, played like the perfect game, shot like 70-some percent, and uh, took out you know uh, Patrick Ewing and the, and the Hoyas. And then you had Houston, five slam a jamma uh, during that time. And I mean, so that, that really rocketed up then, and then you had the Duke became a factor in the mid-'80s and then eventually into the 90s. So, yeah, but those, that, Billy Packer was – the one thing about Billy was he wasn't – I mean, he was – Al McGuire was like your fun uncle. He was – and Dick Enberg was just a pro. And and Billy was more nuts and bolts, but he could also – if you were a fan watching that game, you you didn't like very much what he said because he just flat out told you, hey, that's – you know, Illinois is just not very good right now in the game or North Carolina is yeah. not this. And he just called it as he saw it. And he and, got in hot water through the years yeah. with how he talked about things. Yeah, and, said and things. sometimes, you know, as a fan, you were like – well, I don't, I don't like that. But you know, a lot of times, and even you know, kind of like Lauren Tate at times, you know, says has over the years say something that maybe people don't necessarily want to hear or they don't agree with, but they realize, yeah, you're probably right, you know. And so that's that's what makes the great ones great like that. So he was that way, but he was kind of the curmudgeonly a little bit yeah. on the air. I'll tell you about Lauren. Uh, it's the opening game of. I can't remember which season, maybe 17 or 18. I, I know it was an Underwood season. And, uh, it, you know, I go into the open of the pregame show and welcome into Illinois basketball opening day. And Lauren, aren't you excited for another season? And he goes, well, I don't think we're going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't that no, year. Yeah, that's about right. He was right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, I'm not excited because yeah. I don't think we're good this year. Oh, Lauren's, Lauren's much nicer than Billy Packer was. Oh. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, just that. Uh, no, but I was saying, like, yeah, that ability. He told it like it was. Right, told you like it, it is. is. Yeah. You know, and some people don't want to hear that. Uh, a lot of people but, do, though. Yeah, a lot of people know, do. But, you know, and, and the guy had a long career broadcasting Billy Packer, I'm talking yeah. about, so he must have mm-hmm. been doing something. But. Yeah, no, he was very good at what he did. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was in, – but in his heyday with McGuire and Dick Enberg, that was spectacular. I mean, it was something. So. Good stuff. All right, Brian, okay. safe travels up there. Yep. Uh, bring back some cheese and a win. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll do it. Brian Thanks, Barnhart Brian. and Lina Notebook from – Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Brews, and Seven Saints. we got more Sports Talk in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. I've been telling you about CU under construction, what they could do for your home, and reminding you that now is a good time to get on their calendar if you're thinking about anything to improve your home for the summer. But I also want to remind you that they do a lot of commercial work in town. They have turned or remodeled around 250 apartments on the U of I campus this year. And their trade side has a lot of maintenance plans as well in town for property owners and businesses. They've even built out a school, large office space. They've done a restoration work and they've worked in retail shops. So they know what you need if you are operating in a commercial space and don't want construction to stop business at all. They'll work with you, get it done efficiently, and they know the city codes around here as well, and they do it right. So uh, just as an example right now, they're doing a very large warehouse for a business here in the area so they can expand. They have over 130 employees, a team ready to work for you. They know how to get it done. So find out what sets CU Under Construction apart, whether it is residential or commercial needs. Visit cuunderconstruction.com. 
Hey, Illini family, it's Brad Underwood. Every Illinois basketball game is right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, DWS. We continue with our Funky Friday edition of the program. It's Sports Talk with Scott and Evan. Next hour, Bob Osmussen for the World According to Bob. And News Gazette editor, uh, sports editor Matt Daniels will also join the party. First official day for baseball practice for the U of I and college baseball across the country. He's now a veteran, fifth-year player, Brandon Comia, infielder, ready to go. I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like you said, my last go-around, um, I've definitely brought a lot more excitement. And, you know, me and Cam talk about a lot of stuff, uh, just kind of like the difference between now and our freshman year since we've been here together. But, like, one of the biggest things was, like, I asked him the other day, I was like, hey, uh, you know what day our first game's at, like our first game is? And he's like, I have no idea. And I'm just like, I'm just ready to go. And, you know, kind of like, you know, when they tell us to get on the plane, we're going to get on the plane and do our business. But, I mean, I would say that's like the biggest change from then to now. But um, definitely the appetite to win is a lot bigger. How's your offseason been for you individually and as a team? I think it's been great, you know, um, with all the experience that I have. Uh, I kind of know what works for me, what I like to do to, you know, feel prepared for you know, like today, our first day of practice, and you know, when we start moving into games, so I would say that preparation part is huge, and kind of um, the off season for like the whole team as a whole, just you know, like kind of really trying to revolve around the younger guys and you know, show them the ropes and teach them good things, good habits, stuff like that. It'll be three weeks, February seventeenth, that we have our first Illini broadcast, and a lot of veterans on the team, a lot of guys, especially back in the uh, in the lineup and the on the field as well as some of the starting pitchers and and relievers, a lot of new faces as well. So we'll expect to be competitive again in the Big Ten. D1 Baseball uh, had it out today that uh, their preseason projections, for whatever it's worth, puts Illinois at four in the Big Ten. It's, uh, you know, almost a meaningless prediction once the season actually starts, but (laughs) it's a starting point that people see Illinois as having uh, a lot of tools already on the roster now. To me, people ask, well, how, what do you think of Illinois baseball this year? I said, well, I, you know, it should be a pretty good offense. Most of the lineups back from last year that was already pretty good. And then we asked Dan Hartlib, and he said, well, we have to grow as an offense. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he was thinking about some things he was seeing in fall ball and better at-bats that he wanted to see and better approaches. So remains to be seen. You don't get a – it once it starts, here, here they come. Game, 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 and you got to get it going quick. Pretty pretty unpredictable when it comes to to college baseball, uh, except for you know the the top kind of teams. You have a feeling, you know who those are. Although who was it? Ole Miss was like a top ten team preseason last year, and they missed out on the the tourney. But uh, as for the Big Ten, yeah, um, be in that top four. Hopefully the the bottom's a little better than in the past, and you can pick up some non conference wins and, and be a part of that uh, regional discussion when the end of the season comes around. What is pretty predictable though is as much as we say it's unpredictable is the Big Ten basketball conference preseason player of the year Trace Jackson Davis is in the top four of points rebounds blocks minutes and wait for it assists in the Big Ten or the country is there a everyone says Edie's the player of the year I can't argue with that but is there if Jackson Davis keeps going this way. Does that change? Is it, is it player of the year? Is it most valuable player? Well, what, what what does it mean? 
But that that's kind of the the discussion that, that's going on in the thread there is you know could Edie be national player of the year and Trace Jackson Davis win Big Ten player of the year? I I would just say it's not as cut and dry as let's just double team Trace Jackson Davis guys because as Monty Williams said last night, uh, head coach of the Suns, sometimes you just got to sit down and guard. <laughs> it, it goes beyond scheming. Sometimes you just got to play basketball. And sometimes guys are really hard to guard. There you go. But I would say to you, what makes a player of the year for a conference, neither one of those teams are close to what they are without those two players. Yeah, it's it's a worthy discussion to be had. Yeah, whereas I think there's other teams that could absorb maybe the Illini. Not that they would want it or they could be as good, but could maybe absorb a player out. And that's Big Ten teams building around their bigs and you lose your big and what do you got? Yeah, <laughs> but when you have them... Ooh, boy. Pretty dominant. Okay, back in a moment. Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who will tell you of the Big Ten's big problem. They just might not be very good. An advisory for you if you are thinking about going to some Illini events this weekend. This is one of those weekends where you get a chance to go see uh, some of the other programs with women's gymnastics home tomorrow and track and field at Huff Hall and the Armory. They have sent out fightingillini.com does have an updated parking map, but Huff Hall lot will be probably pretty full if you're trying to go to either one of them. So they're letting you know other options north of the Armory, east of the Armory, south of Huff Hall, and northwest of Memorial Stadium. That's uh, the parking lot by the Ark, I mm-hmm. believe. Back in my day, Impy, as it was known, the Intramural Physical Education Building, and they changed it to the Activities and Recreation Center, mm-hmm. the Ark. And then there was the uh, there was another activities, another facility like that over on the uh, west side of campus in Urbana, and I can't remember what the oh, it was called, Circe. I think it's still there. Yes, but now it's much grander. But then it was very small, and because of its sort of puniness, it was called Wimpy. <laughs> by it's, it's still the kind of the stepchild of the. But let me tell you, facilities. it is five times bigger than <laughs> what it was. If just the, it's just the indoor rink where they play indoor floor hockey, and there was a little weight room. That's all it was. It was a it was three basketball courts and a small weight room, so we called it Wimpy because it's much smaller than MP. Mm. But all that's changed to keep it up. Beefed up now. Yep. Second hour of Sports Talk is coming up. Funky Friday edition, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Champaign-Urbana. 